Welcome to the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast, where it is our mission to debunk the lies of the enemy and announce freedom to those still lost in the darkness and addiction. Welcome to another episode of Black Sheep Recovery Warfare. I am flying solo again today because uh, well, Palmer is a little under the weather, so let's lift him up in prayer. Uh, I'll be assisted by my producer, Danny Anderson of Audio Alchemy Productions. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you. And today we have a testimony episode from a very good friend of mine, Miss Stacy Leggett. Uh-huh. What? There you go. Come What's on. up, Stacy? Uh-huh. Not much. I'm uh, super grateful to be here. Amen. I'm glad you're here. We've been trying to do this episode for a few weeks, but she's had a lot of adulting going on and a lot, a lot of that kind of thing going on. We'll talk about that later. But um, I've known Stacy for quite some time. I met her many, 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 many years ago. She used to come over, hang out at the house when she was dating one of my uh, uh, girlfriend at the time. Uh, her daughter's friend, blah, blah, blah. And uh, our house was kind of a gathering spot. We had a lot of extras, but we called extras like, uh, you know, uh, extra kids would come around, hang out, and they would never leave. <laughs> so, uh, and then, uh, you know, I didn't see her for many, many years, and a lot happened in those many, many uh-huh. years. So, Stacy, if you'd like to just introduce yourself. Hello. Yes. So, Stacy, I'm born and raised in Pearl um, most of my life. I am 35. I know I don't look a day over 25. That's but, right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so, I, you know, I'm in, I'm in recovery from substance abuse. I got sober in 2015, so I'm working on nine years. Amen. Um, we are so proud of yeah, you. It's, it's weird because, you know, it's like on the one hand, it feels like I just got sober. And on mm-hmm. the other hand, it's like, wait a second, I did drugs? Ah. Like, I, I smoked crack? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm really not. So, um, but yeah, it's been... Hands down, you know, the best eight and a half years of, hey, man, of my life. I can't life. wait till I get to that point. I'm only at three years. I'm coming up on three years in March. And I got to tell you, it just seems like yesterday I was um, mm-hmm. on my way to the crack house myself, but first on my way to sell something to go to the crack house. Right, so, yeah. right. Just a little stop yeah. by the pawn shop real yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, whatever. Or, you know, maybe even swap it at the crack house. Yeah. But, but uh, I, I went through my period uh, with crack. I, only, I really only smoked crack one time. For five years straight. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody that just smokes like one time, you know? Right. It's funny we can laugh about this now. It's really funny. Yeah. You know, because there, you know, you and I both have been through some some dark times in our life. And, um, you know, just through the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ, eight and a half years for you and almost three for me. Yeah. So, let's get into, let's get into it. So let's, let's start with... Wherever you feel comfortable, start. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my story is really, you know, I'm sure you've seen the post that's been on Facebook of how trauma is the gateway drug. Um, and so when I think about really what my story is, is about, it's just kind of one trauma after another mm-hmm. after another that kind of led me to the place where mm-hmm. I was with drugs and alcohol. Can you can you just elaborate on, on that for just a moment, how trauma is a gateway drug? Like, what mm-hmm. does that mean? Yeah, so... so for me, when, when two plus two stops equaling four, mm-hmm. life becomes exponentially harder, right? Mm-hmm. And so when, when trauma happens, it usually leaves us with a message about who we are, the world we live in, other people. And for most of us, that message is oftentimes um, 
very irrational, mm-hmm. very, very cruel. And for me, it was always something to do with my value, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bad. I'm not enough. This happened because of me, guilt, shame, like all the things. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of picked up these messages going, you know, through my life. And, and eventually it was like, not only am I am I different, but I'm I'm wrong. I'm bad. I'm inherently evil, even mm-hmm. you know. So I I was I was outrunning a whole lot of things with with drugs and alcohol. So, in a nutshell, it's like so trauma is a trigger mm-hmm. to use. Is and is that kind of yeah? I mean, I think that after you go through something very traumatic, you know, just your baseline levels of mm-hmm. of emotions are so drastically changed and so the the depression the anxiety the un, un, just uncertain mm-hmm. not really sure kind of always like you're always waiting on the next shoe to drop you ever heard mm-hmm. like that expression yeah. so yeah, sure yeah i mean for life goes from okay i understand this this is life this is how we roll to all, all of a sudden nothing makes sense i don't know what to expect you know just a lot of uncertainty got you mm-hmm. so it was so you want to go to the to those traumas, you know, yeah. the first trauma moment? Or- yeah. Well, and I'll do a little bit of just a background. You know, when I, like, growing up for me, you know, there, there was addiction already in my family. Mm-hmm. So, like, home life was... From those those very early years, it was kind of just me doing my own thing, you know? So yeah. there wasn't a lot of engagement. There wasn't a whole lot of um, intimacy, I guess. And so I kind of already had these feelings towards myself of who am I, what is my value, and I, and I think I really, really, really wanted attention desperately so like I kind of confused that like if I'm getting attention I must be getting love and I and I felt like I needed love mm-hmm. right and so bad attention is easier to get than good attention like you have to mm-hmm. do stuff for good att- mm-hmm. attention you know you have to earn that mm-hmm. and I wasn't really interested in doing that I just wanted people to like me yeah. um so kind of just growing up going through school um you know that was that was really my main concern was just trying to get a lot of people to love me approve me accept me so that way I thought that I would be able to do those things for myself. Gotcha. Um, so kind of going just at that that very first trauma, somehow by the literal grace of God, I was able to graduate high school. I still, I'm not sure because <laughs> I was I was hardly there. When I was there, I was usually under the influence or mm-hmm. still kind of trying to recover. From oh, they were it. like, just give her a diploma, get her out of yeah, here. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure how that, that happened. Yeah. Like it was, it was touch and go for sure. Um, but I started dating this guy mm-hmm. in, I guess I was probably my junior year. Um, and so we were going to be together forever. For, you know, forever? every good drug addict story has a has a has a hymn or her in it so this yeah. this was my hymn and you know we were just obsessed and and toxic yeah and so i had kind of dabbled here and there with drugs smoked some weed drank mm-hmm. a little bit um but then that relationship opened up the door to all these other new fun things so i was like let's do all the things yeah um and so that was that was really a great cover up to um, make the relationship seem better than it really was. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some emotional abuse there going on, some mental abuse. Um, but I was I was in that place of like, oh, I finally found somebody to love me. Mm-hmm. I finally found somebody to to help me feel the way I want to feel about myself. So I have to marry him. Absolutely, we will be together till we die. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you know, I yeah. was I was. I had made my mind up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we dated all throughout my last um, two years of high school. And so we 
did a lot of back and forth stuff. Um, and I guess it was a few months after I graduated high school. Um, we had broken up, got back together. Long story short, we ended up um, at a Halloween party in Glugstadt. So not too far from where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some drinking going on. Somehow I was sober that night. I don't really understand how I accomplished that. But um, through a series of events, you know, things got pretty bad arguing and, and yelling and screaming and hollering all the things and um when we got back to the place that we were staying that night you know uh he went upstairs shut the door locked the door and I was able to get in with a a butter knife because that's where that's who I was and so um I walked in and he was laying on the bed so I kind of like looked over and and tried to get him to talk to me and kind of threw me off to the left side of the bed and when I turned and looked up he had a 22 pointed at his left temple and he you know the last thing that he said to me was I bet you won't watch me do it and he pulled the trigger and he landed on top of me oh my god so yeah so I mean it was it was one of those things that you know isn't really supposed to happen to people like they write books and they yeah, there's so movies he, so he literally like I mean uh did he show any signs of of, of that of, of something like that leading up to that I mean did, was there ever any time where he was like well I'll just kill myself not really um right. I think there had been some mention of that that night um and but it was for me I think and the other people that were there it was oh he's just been drinking because yeah. he because he never spoke like that like as a sober person, mm-hmm. you know, I think that he would have probably taken the attitude of you're a coward if you choose to do that. Mm-hmm. So it was the very last thing that, that so, I thought. So he was, he was intoxicated. Was yeah. it just alcohol? Yeah, it was alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. Demons come with any, 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 uh, anything like that. It's like, you know, the intrusive thoughts. And yeah. The, and it was like, just like if you're, if you're standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon and you get this intrusive thought, like, you know, I, I, should, I could jump. Yeah. That's not a thought of your own. So when, in a situation like, like that, it's like, especially when alcohol or any drug is involved, the enemy comes at you with those intrusive thoughts. And then, unfortunately, some people actually act on them. Sure. Yeah, and he had been trying to get sober and had been trying to kind of move his life in a different direction. And so he was also taking some antidepressants. And oh. so Yeah, so mixing yeah. those two together, I think. Right. Because... I mean, I don't want to be too graphic, but it was the noise that he made when he pulled the trigger was almost like this surprise. Like, oh, no, I didn't really mean to do that. Or, you know, because I guess, and I, and I hate to admit this, but there was a part of me that was like, oh, he's just he's just wanting to get attention. Like, he's just saying these things and acting yeah. in this way because we're fighting and he wants to get attention. And so I really, he had a troubled past. I mean, he had yeah. all the, he had the trauma too. I mean, broken home for sure. Um, but... He just didn't strike me as somebody that would that right. would have been thinking about that, contemplating that, like really would have been in a place wow. where he wanted to end his that life. That is crazy. How old were you when that happened? I was 18. 18. Had, how, how old was he? He was 18. 18. Yeah. And then, so he pulled the trigger and yeah. fell on top yeah. of you. Yeah. Had his blood was in my eyelashes and my hair and my clothes all over me. Um, and I, I knew, I was like, okay, I have negative three seconds to get up and, and call 911. Right. And so I just I fly down the stairs. I'm, you know call 911, call 911, you know, and, and so they came and um, stabilized him, you know, in the room that we were in for a second, and I mean, I was belligerent, I mean, I was, I was actually, like, rolling around well, on the sure ground. you were in shock. Yeah, I mean, I was holding on to people's shirts and, and crying and screaming and just, I, I mean, I just didn't know what to, to do with myself, you yeah. know, um, and so this actually happened to Brandon, and um, 
So they got him. I mean, and I, I watched the whole thing. I yeah. mean, like as as graphic as you might imagine that it was is how graphic that I is. Imagine it was yeah. like a, watching a horror yeah, it movie was, in it slow was, motion. It yeah. Was, yeah. And so they ended up taking all of us to the police department while they're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. They took him to a hospital in Jackson and there was just this immediate separation, right? They took everybody that was there was in, you know, this one room over here and then there was me off to the side. Um, and I didn't really understand that at the time, you know, cause they had put like stuff on my hands to detect for gunpowder and sure. that didn't make sense to me either. You know, I was just like, well, let's hurry up. Let's hurry up. Let's get to the hospital, which mm-hmm. we never, we never got to go. Um, so we're at the police department. There's a separation. And I, I remember just sitting in the little room by myself and I was just begging God, you know, and, and I had no relationship with God, right? Like God yeah. was, you know, living with, you know. Mom and stepdad, there wasn't a whole lot of, of church attendance. But then once I got to dad and stepmom's house, I mean, we, we were at church every Wednesday, every Sunday, um, that I completely missed relationship, right. grace, mercy. Like that right. was, Jesus was, okay, you can't well, smoke, you, you can't yeah. drink. You knew you knew the Jonah story. You knew yeah. about being in the well. You knew the parting of the Red Sea. But yeah. you, you weren't. You weren't, uh, you didn't have the relationship, like you said. Right, yeah. And we live in the Bible Belt. So right. it's like, are you a Christian? Like, absolutely. Of course yeah. I am. Like, aren't you? You mm-hmm. know? So, but I was just, I was crying out to God, you know? And, yeah. and and I said the same thing over and over again. And it was, you can't, you can't take him from me yet. Please mm-hmm. don't take him from mm-hmm. me yet. You know? And and looking back at that, it was really still all about me. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? And, and, and yeah. I hate to, to, to say that that was such a selfish thing of me, but remember that I'm trying to find somebody to love me so that I can love myself. And Mm -hmm. that's what I had found in him. So it was very codependent. Um, And so then that was gone, right? Mm -hmm. And so I just really didn't know how I was going to survive in a world without him. And Mm so, like I said, you know, two plus two stopped equaling four the night that he, you know, chose to exit this world. Mm -hmm. And so as far as like the drug use, you know, prior to that point, um, like if you had it, I would do it. Right. You, See, that's my testimony yeah. right there. It's like people ask me my DOC. I'm like all of them. Everything. If it's on the yeah, menu, for sure. if it's on the menu, I'm in and I'm going to do as mo- more of it than you are. Exactly. You know, yeah. 100%. Yeah, if you like it. I love it. Let's yeah. go. So, yeah. so yeah, I wasn't going to pay for it. I wasn't going to like oh, do extravagant yeah. things to go and find it. But right. if like it was here, it was local. Like let's, 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 it's on. Yeah. But so, you know, this night for me. And, and so I'm, I'm also part of AA, 12-step program. I don't, you know, there's there's something that we talk about, and it's like this line where you go from I have a choice, am I going to use, how much am I going to use, what am I going to do while I'm using, to this other side of the line where I lose the power of choice and mm-hmm. I no longer am in control of myself. So that experience for me kind of pushed me over from social drug user to drug addict like we're gonna we're gonna go to whatever extraordinary links that we have to to make sure that we are not in reality right all right so from that incident that's what you chose to do exactly okay so going back to the incident real quick all right did he survive no he did not survive no he lived for about an hour um and so the the bullet went in and never came back out and so um yeah i mean like I said, that was, you know, he was, he was my higher power. Yeah. Th- yeah. This was a very pivotal time for you. All right. So, uh, you know, it was a very traumatic. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though you were calling out to God, you chose a different route. 
Yeah, and when I say calling out to God, I I was not calling out to like oh you were just calling out for selfish reasons. Right, there was there was no desire whatsoever for like Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Right, I wanted I don't want to change. I just didn't want to lose the person that mattered the most to me. Right, you know, so so going from there. All right, you're 18 years old. What happened next? Yeah. So, I mean, my world crumbled. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, obviously. I, I didn't know, you know, and so, yeah. and I think, I think for me too, um, I just, I wasn't mature enough to yeah. handle and those I, kind of emotions. And I think I remember from your testimony I saw about a year ago uh, that you had said that some, a lot of people were kind of pointing the finger at you over yeah. that whole, all of that. Can you yeah. talk about that? Yeah. So remember that there was this immediate separation at the police department. And mm-hmm. so when he did die and they came in to like kind of give the news, they mm-hmm. brought us all together and I mean, I hit the floor. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, and so somebody that was there came over and kind of picked me up and was like, Hey, don't let anybody tell you that this is your fault. Mm-hmm. And it was like, getting, why would I? Right. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, we're going to come together and love each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, they, they were, that's, they were looking at me as though I had told him to do it, provoked him to do it. Um, or some other variation of that mm-hmm. uh, as it, as though it was my fault. And so that kind of continued on. Um, well, I'm sure that added on to the trauma too. Man, gosh, you know, and, cause it's, it's, the opposite of addiction is connection, right? And so mm-hmm. every connection, essentially, that I had was broken in an instant. You know, I can remember pulling up at people's houses, and they're like, oh, no, you can't come in here. You know, I got run off the road one time. Blacklisted. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was even, you know, his his dad even came to my house, like, sh- very shortly after that, before the funeral, and had, like, I think he had bullets in his hand, or maybe bullets and a gun, and was like, if, you know, if, if I'm ever close enough to your daughter, I'll, I'll kill her with my bare hands, but I will absolutely shoot her if I see her at the funeral. That is insane. Yeah, and so, so I'm, like, 18, you know, like, I, I just went from, like, butterflies and, you know, rainbows over here, mm-hmm. just kind of tracking along, oblivious to some of this stuff, and then all of a sudden, you know, boom, life is In my black. mind, here's what I'm looking at. If if I had a son or daughter, which I do have a daughter, she's 18, and if anything like that happened to her, I would I would not I would not be like that. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would I would totally you know be as very supportive as I can to her boyfriend. Yeah, you know I, there was no way, and and I just can't wrap my mind around that. Yeah, well that I could play you know point the finger at you know her significant other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and be hateful like that. Yeah. There's no way I could do that. Well, and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Thank you. That breaks my um, heart. It truly does. As, as a, as a, an adult now, like looking back at that, I, there was nobody that was super healthy in like any of this sphere yeah. of, of, of people that we're talking about. But I, I can imagine for a second what it might be like to lose my kid yeah. and want desperately to blame somebody for that. Like at the same time, all of those people, no matter what, they should have been pouring love into you. Yeah, yeah. Instead of adding to the trauma. Yeah, and that's that, my point. That's that did point. not happen. That's um, what we're called to do. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, that's what those who love Jesus are called to exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. So. So yeah. So one cool thing about that that I that I would like to say though is you know out of all the persecution that I got after that, um, from the point of me getting sober in 2015, kind of moving forward. One by one, people have, like, shot me messages on Facebook. You know, I kind of had a face-to-face encounter with, with somebody that was involved in all that, and they've apologized to me. Amen. So that's yeah. restoration and all that. Yeah, and, and and I think I had to get to a place with God where I didn't need it anymore before yeah. he 
allowed it to happen. Right. You know? So, but I, I have forgiveness for everybody that was involved in that. Like I said, I'm, not that it was okay, but I, I get it. Yeah. I, I understand, man. I've made some, I've made some, uh, pretty treacherous choices out there myself so I can understand what it's like to just kind of be led by impulse and that impulse was pain right mm-hmm. so extreme emotional distress and so you don't really respond you just react like and I'm sure they were going through some trauma themselves for sure yeah moving on yeah let's talk about some of those awesome decisions that you made yeah after man. the fact let's go yeah so my my whole entire mo from that point forward was well, let's do all the drugs all the drugs and so I kind of <laughs> yeah. just became like um, I love it became just I guess like a like nomadic you know yeah. I was me and my laundry basket and my favorite pair of jeans my makeup and my hair straightener and I just kind of <laughs> went all over the state of Mississippi you know I mean like hi what's your name John let's go I mean that was as much information as I needed Stacey to know Leggett, about you the Stacy Leggett World Drug Tour yeah. You say Leggett one more time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get it right. All right, yeah. All right let's, let's so, try it. What um, is it? Is it Leggett? Leggett. Okay. Here we go. All right. Let's see, let's see if you Sorry. can. Okay. All right. One more chance. Leggett. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I was just traveling all over the state, hit Alabama, you know, all, all, of, all of the places that you might think, oh, goodness, that looks like it is a bad idea. Seemed perfectly logical to me. And At so I ended up becoming an IV meth user, too. So that kind of completely changed the game for me also. How old were you at that point when you started using the needle? I think I was 19. 19. So we're about, I mean, just a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So in that one year, Mark, at this point, you'd only really used uh, marijuana and alcohol. And, uh, and maybe just like, <laughs> yeah. experimented a little bit yeah. with some so, other things. Some pain pills. Some pain pills. Dropped uh, ecstasy a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, some cocaine. So yeah, but, okay. <laughs> but in one full year, you're full-blown. Yeah. I think Addict. I think for me there had been a lot of experimentation, but from it was just kind of like I said random, and so after that it was we we will make it happen every day. Yes. So frequency and I guess kind of sticking more with the harder drugs because like the the goal right was to to stay out of reality as long as possible, yeah. and so meth was like the best option I could find to mm-hmm. to get me there. And I feel that because mm-hmm. when when uh when Amanda died. I was tw- on my in my twenty seventh day into rehab, and I was doing great. Yeah. I mean, I was all about it. I mean, I was all about getting clean and staying sober. And then that happened, and that you know that was a trauma trigger right there. I immediately left and went straight back yeah. to the needle. Mm-hmm. And it was just like you, world drug tour. But I, you know, I was on the street. World drug. Tour. Yeah. Well, the the J- Jackson Mississippi yeah. drug tour. What's your name? Yeah. Hi, I'm I'm Stacy. All right. Uh, you got anything? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Jump in. Let's, let's go. go. I mean, so it was like that from. T- uh, from trap house to trap house, yeah. from dumpster to trap house, from trap house back to dumpster. And, I mean, I'm, I can feel that, what you're talking about as far as the tremor tra- trauma trigger. Yeah. You know? And so, th- I mean, and, and I can't, um, I can't leave out, too, I mean, just what happens to the brain, like, when trauma happens. Yeah, let's Cause, talk about Because we talk, I mean, it's, it's it's emotional, yes, and it's spiritual also, but, mm-hmm. like, there is, there's a- actual physiological things that happen in, in your brain. And so, um, the way that memories get encoded in your brain uh, it's different when there's trauma. So your so your brain encodes it differently so that it has easy access to that memory because it's trying to protect you. So mm-hmm. anything that is similar, and it can be, you know, time of day, the season of the year, person mm-hmm. you're with, you know, um, smells, music, whatever, yeah. it can trigger that for you because your brain's like, hey, let's, let's, let's not go there. I don't want you to go through that again. So I can be getting triggered all over the place. And Look, and I just literally went through that last week, um, January 9th. Is the third anniversary that my sister yeah. OD'd on fentanyl. I, I mean, like, 
I knew it was coming, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm I'm walking with Christ now, and like, I, I you know, I fear that there's going to be that that desire to you know use, mm-hmm. but some depression com- comes along with it. It's hard to fix that. It's like, you know, I told myself all you know, even the day before we were here in the studio, and I had her son sitting where you're sitting right now, uh, and going through all of that, that whole scenario. I mean. Um, you know, and it was, it turned out to be a very great episode, but leaving out of here after the episode was done on the way home, I got really upset yeah. and I'm mean, depressed. And the next day, you know, I, I had to take a mental health day. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to work. I wanted to be alone, yeah. you know, I want, uh, with God, you know, I just wanted to be alone with God. And that's exactly what I did. And that's what, how I turned to it this time instead of turning to the needle. Yes, yeah. I was upset. Yes, I was d- depressed, but that's always, like you said, in, those, those memories are encoded a different way, and I can see that now yeah. the way you explain it. I, I mean, I totally get that. Yeah, and, and I'm really grateful that this has come up in conversation, too, because I, I, I'm a therapist, so we'll, we'll get to— we'll You get are to, a what? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it is the truth, and that's There 100%. is no way this crackhead yeah. sitting across from a- me right now is a certified <laughs> yeah. therapist. Yeah, Um but what, I'm just kidding. and I, I also I love, love Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so many times I see people um, that are like, oh, well, you know, just give it to God. And yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. aren't going to give it to God. But at the same time, like there is still work that has to be done. Like Absolutely. we can't just negate the, the, the physical bodies that God have given, that he's given us and like our brains and all of these things. And so it's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep going and time is going to make that go away or it's just right. eventually going to not be there anymore. And in, in my experience and with the clients that I help, that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of as far as trauma, like if I, ironically, right, I'm going to use your foot as an example, like, I'm sorry about your foot being hurt, but if I shoot you in the foot, right. And you do nothing about it that wound is going to fester. It's going to mm-hmm. become infected and you'll eventually lose the loss of, of mobility in your, yeah. in your foot. Sure. And so for, for the work that has to be done with trauma, we have to go back in, get the bullet and pull it back out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I see people that 100% love Jesus, but it's just like, we're not going to do the, 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 the emotional, the mental work to overcome some of these things. I mean, I think it's a God-given gift to have counselors and and people that can lead you through these things. Um, So I I am all about blending those two worlds. Like, can we be mental health professionals and people that love Jesus at the same time? Absolutely. That's beautiful. I love that. So you're pretty much just coming up with a treatment, you know, that, that literally targets that. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, thank you. So God literally is uh, is using you in a big way and like turning all this trauma and everything that happened to you for the yeah. for the good of His will. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it, and it's it's so hard to imagine in the in the early aftermath of some of these things that we experience in addiction that how could there ever be good that comes from the from this mm-hmm. you know but it, Romans eight twenty eight God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called. Amen. And so that's that's exactly what he did with my my story with my whole life. Man, God be doing stuff. I know. Won't won't he do it? I'm telling you. I mean, look <laughs> at us. I mean, yeah. you know, it wasn't too long ago we were we were out there in that war in that darkness in that yeah. world and here we are. We're trying to pull people out of it. And that's what this podcast is all about, this black sheep podcast. Right. Yeah. So I'm so happy that you came. And uh I think this is gonna help a lot of people and change some lives. Yeah. All right, so, all right, now, at this point, we are, you're 19, you're a full-on meth, act, uh, mm-hmm. meth IV user. Yeah. And? Mm-hmm. 
And so my my timeline as far as like how many years here or there is not great. Yeah. See, like when when I say the other day, that could be anywhere between 1977 right. when I was born and 2024. Yeah. So so yeah. So so there just several years kind of go by, yeah. and that's I mean I, that's I'm I'm just doing drugs. I'm all over the place. I don't have a stable home. Like I'm couch surfing, hotel surfing, um, cooking. Meth, doing meth, doing all the things. Cooking meth. I know. Wow, you got I that. know. <laughs> it's crazy. Don't don't tell the police. Okay. But I think I think the statute of limitations might have might have passed. Um, we hope. We, we hope. Yeah. So I guess the next kind of big trauma for me was was the car wreck. Um, and I guess I I had I had a pattern of I would stay up for. Six days, seven days, yeah. you know. Then I take a handful of pills, and I would come down and just literally be out of it for for three days, and yeah. and wake up in random places. And that was just like another Tuesday, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like it was normal to me. It was it was. It's interesting the things we learn to tolerate, you mm-hmm. know. And so in one of these kind of had been up for a long time and was trying to go to sleep instances, um, I was with this little hostage that I was dating and <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how that went and um we were driving along and I, I actually have no memory of this night it's kind of been pieced together for me from different people that were involved all that I can remember is like two second glow like orange glow from a street light that's that's as much as I can remember but apparently I had started taking Xanax at like five thirty in the morning this was um Gosh, what was this? Two thousand and nine, two thousand and nine. Let's call it two thousand and nine. Yeah. Um, and so was completely out of it. Took about thirty Xanax bars over the course of a day. Wow. Well, see, that's what I would do. I would eat them, and I forget that I had eaten them. And yeah. I'd eat more of them. I'd done that. Yeah. Yeah, and then I hadn't slept in six days, so like, mm, not good. Um, and he was driving my car, and I was passenger, and so we were going on. We were actually on Cleary Road, mm-hmm. and so there was this big bend in the curve with an energy pole in in the middle of the bend, and he never saw it. So we were going seventy five miles an hour, right? Um, ended up four feet off the ground and just hit this pole like head on. And so it was a, the car, it was a beautiful car. It was a, 19, car? It was a 1983 280ZX. Ooh. It was silver scooping the hood, straight six, T-tops. I mean, it was everything. Yeah, we're sad. We're sad about that. Um, but anyway, the windshield was thicker on these older model cars and so what happened because i was too cool for school to wear a seatbelt, like i wasn't Mm going to do that and so my face went into the windshield kind of got stuck in it and then kind of ripped back wow so yeah so face was like when i say that there was half of my face was hanging off it literally was hanging off wow yeah um kind of messed up both my knees um and so what i understand about that now because Let's just like know. I know the Bible stories, right? I knew about that. Had taken communion a few times when I probably shouldn't have. Um, but what I what I know is that if my face would have gone like just a fraction of a centimeter further into that windshield, I would be burning in hell for the rest of eternity. Yeah, I like, I know you that. Were that close to hell. I was that close to hell, and it was it was like the literal finger of God was just like boop. Yeah. Like, not today. And so that's where mercy said no. That's where that comes from. Because oh, okay. it was literally like mercy said no to death that night because of the prevenient grace of God could look forward to a day when I was going to say, okay, I surrender. Like, I give up. And so God literally spared my life. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. 
incredible. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. God did that to me Thursday. Yeah. He literally yeah. did. Let me, let me, not to interrupt, you know, your awesome testimony, but real quick about my foot. All right. And it's fun, you know, you said a fraction of mm-hmm. like the finger width. All right. So uh, my partner was backing up my trailer, which is steel. All right. To the back of this trailer, uh, uh, mobile home. And uh, I had my foot on a set of concrete steps and I misjudged the height of the trailer and the steps. And I was looking at the back of the truck and waving him back like this. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And I'll, and, I, and then I looked down and it was too late to move it. And my foot got crunched in between mm. steel and concrete. Okay. My foot folded like this. Mm-mm. All right. Inside my boot, it, it blew out. And this was not a steel toe boot. It blew out the bottom of my boot. Okay. Now, um, Gino was standing next to me when this happened. He saw it. He saw how, I mean, like, it was, like, this close. That it, I mean, like, it literally, you know, was this close from steel meeting concrete. All right. So going, <laughs> so, going to the hospital, you know, I'm praying all the way from the time it happened until, you know, a couple hours later. I thought it was broken. I thought it was shattered. Yeah. I mean, normally when you put flesh and bone in between steel and yeah. concrete, it's going to turn it into jelly. It's not a good outcome. Right. So there's not one fracture, not one break in my foot. Yeah. Not one. And then I mean it's just like you said, it's just like if 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 he hadn't stopped and when he did stop, he, he didn't know what was going on. It was like another 5 to 7 seconds before he realized what was going on and backed off of it. Mm-hmm. So I could get my foot out. Not one break, not one yeah. fracture. Anyway. You got work to do. <sighs> got work to do for yeah. the kingdom. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. So do you. Yeah. Like yeah. All right. So uh, going back to your, you know, yeah. life saving, you know, <laughs> you know, I know that foot, my foot's good, but Stacy yeah. here, I don't know if y'all, did you put the picture up? I did. Oh, you did? I did. Wow. Yeah. So, so I, I had actually, I broke three bones in my face. Um, and so uh, they, I was in ICU for a few days and then they put me in a regular hospital, hospital bed. And, you know, the, there was obviously the whole like, okay, God saved my life thing. And yeah. that was, that was important, you know? Yeah. And, but it was for me too, the only thing I had going for me was my appearance. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I talk about like when I was younger, wanting to have attention, wanting to have love, I found out that, that comes quickest if you are pretty, right? You have mm-hmm. a pretty face. And so that's the only thing that I felt like I really had because I had nothing on the inside, right? Mm-hmm. Just like complete spiritual bankrupt on the inside. You're spiritually dead. Right. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't very nice. I was not a very nice person. So uh, you were pretty on the outside, but you were ugly on the inside. Very ugly, yeah. Okay. And so my face got ripped in half. Mm-hmm. You know? And so oh, I'm my like, God, what do I do right? now? And so I remember, like, the the very first time I saw because I, I knew something was going on, but I didn't I, I didn't see, like, you know, mirror anything mm-hmm. that, you know, I didn't understand the gravity of what had really happened. And so I was kind of going from the little hospital bed to the bathroom, and there was that little mirror in between. And when I saw my face for the first time, I mean, it just like, it was like just somebody punched me in, in the gut, like yeah. told me that my best friend just died or, yeah. you know, something like that. So and this so this is another trauma point. This is another trauma, right? Yeah. So we're just stacking them up, you know, yeah. and not dealing with any of them. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was huge for me because I was like, well, who's going to love me now? Who's gonna want? Who's gonna want me now? You Jesus. know. Yeah, but well, I didn't. didn't I didn't know yeah. that. You so, didn't know that yet. but I, I did have a moment with God through all of this. Like, you know, get home. Parents are, you know, working with me, rehabilitating me, and passing my painkillers out to me every four to six hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I, I, I understood enough to know that God had spared my life, 
And so I started to have those questions of, okay, what do I want? Like, what kind of person do I want to be? What do I want to get out of life? Like, what are we really doing here? And so I wanted to make better choices. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want those choices to be void of drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like, I just wanted to, like, do, like, drink and smoke weed on, like, the weekdays and do crack on the weekends. Right. You know, like, I just wanted to, like, use smarter. And that seemed completely logical for me, you know, Mm -hmm. like, 100% doable. Um, And that's... it doesn't work. <laughs> that, that did not happen. How old were you at the time of the accident? I, I was 21. 21. 21. 21. Right. And so, um, I mean, I, I ended up, you know, I, I guess I had this moment where maybe a month or two had passed from the accident. And I was feeling I was feeling pretty good that day. And I was like, you know what? I need to go show all my drug dealers that I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like it's, it seems like a great <laughs> it's idea. Logic. It's logic. Yeah. yeah. And so I show up and what they're doing the drugs. And so I'm doing the drugs. But yeah. then I was like, well, I'm just going to smoke meth. Do you think they might have missed you a little bit? Like they've got to be missing. I me, think they you? missed the money. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they missed the money. Um, so you just needed to make an appearance. Yeah. And because see, for me, it was more than that. Right. It was like it was the acceptance. It was the love. It was the I matter to you. And so, long story short, I ended up right back where I came from, um, was doing all the drugs. But I I will say that there was something different, right? So it's almost like God was inching me to that jumping off point. Um, It just took a whole, like, my rock bottom it, t- it takes a lot to yeah. get me there, right? I was, Ooh, I was. I'm hardheaded too. It took a lot. I was to, yeah. desperate, you yeah. know. And so, um, I'm back out there. I'm doing the thing with a with open wounds on my face. Like I yeah. still had like scar. I mean, it was it was atrocious. Um, so, I guess you know, I just kind of rocked on like that. And my dad, at some point in time, told me about a place called Teen Challenge. Uh-oh. Yeah. But then he said it was a year-long program, and I was like, uh, nope. <laughs> like, a year? Yeah. I you was, want me to give up a year of my life to, yeah. you know, whatever. I was sure I was going to be 60 by the time yeah. I got out. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of went back out for a second, and then I got to that. Like My rock bottoms have always been spiritual, yeah. spiritual, mental, emotional. And I, and I go and I go and I go until I, I want to die. You know, I didn't have the courage to kill myself, but I didn't want to be alive anymore. Yeah. And so— um, I just had this this moment where my dad finally let me come back in the house because we went through a period where, you know, you're not coming here, you can't eat here, you can't sleep here. Because um, he realized that at some point that I'm just kind of nursing you back to a place where you can go back out and, you know, do all the drugs again. Mm-hmm. So um, the enabling, my dad had to work really hard on the enabling. Um, yeah. So I had that moment of surrender where I just... I kind of went back to the little bedroom that had been mine in high school at my dad's house, and I just hit the hit the carpet, like, so hard that I had carpet, like, between my front two teeth, you know? And I yeah. just told God, I was like, all right, I'm 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 done, you know? And I, I was pretty I was pretty arrogant with my prayers, and I basically told God that he was going to come down here right now, and he was going to fix this, or I was going to lay in the bed till I rotted. Yeah. Um, and I woke up the next morning, and for the first time in my entire life, I just, I had, I think, hope. Oh, that wow. life could be different, you know, mm-hmm. not like being restored back to something, but the hope of being someone that I had never been before. Amen. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So then I went to Teen Challenge. <laughs> so then you went to Teen <laughs> so Challenge. I went to Teen Challenge. Which one did you go to? I was, it was in Pascagoula at that time. So down on the coast. Um, it, after a year or so after I graduated, they moved to, Picayune, I think. 
Um, and so a bigger building could take in more girls. Um, but I, I was I was in Pascagoula and it was you know, I hear a lot of stories, but for me, it was it was every single thing I needed. It was like a year vacation with Jesus. Yeah. Um, Whoa. Yeah. You went on vacation with Jesus. I did. I, I know, did. I know that guy. Yeah. yeah. So but it was it was amazing, you know. I mean, and it was it it was difficult, but it was the first time in my life that I felt like I was where I was supposed to be doing what I was supposed to be doing, you know, it just, it felt good to be obedient. Like, I I don't even use, I hate that word, right? Mm -hmm. Obedient is just like instant shame, you know? When I'm talking about mine, it's like, I mean, when when I'm doing my testimony at a church or at a CR or something, it's like, I was in rebellion for 30 years. Yeah. And now I'm obedient. Right. I hated that word obedience. Yeah. Like, my dad was kind of strict, you know? And I was like, I did not want to be obedient to him. And, uh, And I wasn't, you know? all through my childhood teens all that and uh and and now that's you know like what i stand on is uh obedience now to the lord to the father and uh yeah i mean that's yeah i'm like you i did i was very rebellious yeah Mm -hmm. so i'm in teen challenge um i do the year there uh, and it was it was amazing. I mean, God really held up a mirror in my face and was like, "Hey, this is <laughs> this, this me, is what you got going yeah, on." Yeah, and let me make a comment about that. You know, uh, you know, you talked about you, um, which you, you know, you were worried about your uh, your beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, um, going through that car crash, and that's all you had to stand on. But let me say, God, he, he did all that healing, and you are beautiful. Thank you. You are a very beautiful girl, and you. Um, you know, I thank the Lord that that He didn't just heal you on the inside, but He yeah. He healed all that for you too. Yeah, it's it. it turned out way better than I thought mm-hmm. possible at the yeah. time. Um, so I'm in Teen Challenge. In I'm teen doing challenge. the thing. I'm doing I'm doing all the things. Uh, and, you know, they asked me to stay on. Like, when I got to my year mark, they were like, hey, do you want to be emerging leader? And I was like, oh, no. I've got to get back to my no car, no job, no home, no phone. I mean, like, literally had nothing. But I, I just, I guess I just wanted that, the freedom. I just yeah. wanted to be able to do what I wanted mm-hmm. to do. But I had every intention of following God when I got home. But, you know, I, I talk about, it's it's an analogy that I use because I, I got rewarded for my good behavior there. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't necessarily wrong. But for me, I kind of interpreted that like I have to do right in order for God to love me. Mm-hmm. Or like God paid the down pay, down payment on my home, but I'm responsible for the, for the rent every month, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was very much a works-based salvation, even though I knew to tell you that it's not about works. Right, faith without works is? Dead, mm-hmm. right. But that's... If, if I had to dig deep, that's what was motivating me. It was that perfectionism, trying to earn God's love, earn earn my right to stay in the fold, you know. Yeah. So I get home, and um, that that goes that goes drastically different than what I thought it would go. Well, what you know? happened? Yeah, apparently I'm not perfect. Mm. Yeah, it was news to me. Are you sure? Yeah, it was news to me too. I mean, like right up underneath it. But um, so I didn't really, I guess I didn't plan for that. You know, I didn't really know what to do. And since I'm messing up now, then God's not loving me now, right? Mm-hmm. So, so then I'm really in a funk, and my spirituality I mean, just immediately started to suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't—I guess there was shame, and there was guilt, and I was 
terrified for people to know that I really wasn't the super meth girl in a cape now. Because I had that reputation coming home, right? Because I did all my dirt. in super the greater dope girl. Right, in the, in the greater Jackson area. And so now I'm, you know, at this church and I'm, you know, in this little, you know, house manager for this little, you know, people get out of prison. And so I'm, I'm doing all these things. And then on the inside, like my, I'm, I'm, I'm going down fast and I don't really know how to handle it. Um, well, you were trying, I guess you're trying to learn who you were, you know, because you had been somebody else for so long. Yeah. You know? It was like you had this whole new persona you had to live up to and learn how to be like a different kind of person altogether. Yeah. And, and it, and it was, it was real, but I, I still don't think I understood what grace really is. Mm-hmm. I, Can you explain I, that? Yeah. I mean, so for me, I had to do right for God to love me. Yeah. Right. So, so grace is like i'm not gonna give you all of the horrible things that you rightly deserve because of the righteousness of christ right Right. it's not your righteousness like our righteousness is filthy rags right so Mm -hmm. i could do everything perfect my whole entire life and it's filthy rags before the feet of the cross that's right you know yeah and and again i knew that logically i knew that in my head but i didn't know that in my heart um and so Instead of turning to people in the church and turning to people that had a great relationship with Jesus and could have kind of walked me through that, mm-hmm. I turned to people that were going to cosign that, the direction that I was that I was going in, and, and they weren't going to challenge me. That's a wonderful way to put it. Mm-hmm. And then what? And so, well, let me back up. Okay. I had in this time of, I guess it was about three years that I had been home, an like, in challenge a year, and then two additional years of sobriety, like, after being in teen challenge. Um, and, and I was doing well for all intensive purposes. Like, I had gotten my own little place to live, mm-hmm. and I had a car, and I had a job, and I was actually working at a police department, um, and this guy came in one day to pay on his drug fines. I love this part. And I was like, you know what? We should love each other. (laughs) We should clearly get in a relationship. Look at God. You know, won't he do it? And so now I'm in this relationship with someone who was not it. (laughs) He was was not it. So he came in to pay his drug fines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you are in your sobriety by two years. Yeah. And love at first sight. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so... That happened. So was he still using, like... I, there was a lot that was going on that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say I was so removed from the world of addiction that I, I really was kind of blind to some things. Mm-hmm. I don't know for a fact if if he was or if we kind of ventured down that together. I mean, there was there was some stuff going on, but I don't know exactly what that looked like. Um, I kind of decided that, hey... hey Maybe we should drink a little, you know? Uh, and then, and so it just kind of it went from snowball there. Snowball effect. Yeah, it went from there. So um, it started with alcohol, the relapse. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I love to mention to people because I hear a lot of people in recovery, people, a lot of people in, that come through treatment, and they're like, well, alcohol wasn't my thing. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's talk about that because it wasn't my thing either. Mm-hmm. But here's what I believe. I believe that it's not about the substance. I don't think it matters if it's alcohol, meth, fentanyl. I don't, I don't think that's really, I mean, yes, it affects us differently, but I think it's about the experience. Mm -hmm. It's about the experience of, I don't like the way I feel. Boom. Now I feel different. Let's numb this out. We get addicted to being able to instantly change the way we feel when we don't like the way we feel. So whatever's going to give that to me, that's what I want to do. And so 
not for for me, really, my first drug of choice was people. It was validation. Yeah. You know? And so Love I, me. You lo- get love get over me. here right now. You love me. Yeah. Mm. And so um anyway, so there was a lot kind of mixed up in that relationship. Of course we weren't following Jesus. So I was already kind of headed down a bad path. Then we are now in this relationship that's going like horribly wrong mm-hmm. very quickly. Um meth came into the equation and that's, you know, that's that's hook, line, and sinker for did me. Did you return to the needle? I did return. So we that was actually the first like physically abusive relationship that I'd ever been in. Mm. So that was kind of an added layer to what is happening. <laughs> what is happening? Um, lost you know lost my job, all the things, and we were smoking it. And then we had one big knockout fight the day that I finally was able to get away from that. And I went straight to Walgreens bought a box of needles and went straight to the place that I knew was going to have drugs. And and when I tell you, like, people say, okay, when you relapse, you go, like, it, it picks up right back where it left off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. And I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's what I, I want people to hear that. I really loved Jesus. This reminds me of the scripture that says you can sweep, sweep, it, sweep the house clean and... He'll, the the demons just come back with seven of his buddies. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what happened to you. Right, and 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 I hate to be a little controversial, but uh, it's kind of I'm gonna be a little bit, you know. And there's there's this debate that I hear um, about is 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 addiction a disease, right? Mm. And and calling myself an addict, and I'm just gonna be honest, like I've never felt any negative emotions associating with calling myself an addict. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. I understand the perspective 100%. Like, I, 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 from from both sides of I don't want to put that label on myself yeah. to I want to remember who I am and where I come from, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I completely understand both perspectives. Um, but I, I think, too, that sometimes we're saying the same thing, but we're using different language. Yeah. For me, it's um, I won't stand in front of a room, for a pit, front, room full of people and say, hi. My name is John Gallagher, and I'm an addict. Mm-hmm. What, what I say now? I know my personality. I know my addictive personality. I know that if I put a needle in my arm, then I'm going full blast. Sure. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, all in um, relapse. Okay, yeah. I know that. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to stand in front of a room and say that I'm an addict because God says that I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. I'm the apple of His eyes. Yeah. I'm His masterpiece. So I, I won't say that out loud and give it life. That's for me. Yeah. For you? Yeah, no. And I and I see I do introduce myself that way. Mm-hmm. Um and, and for me, Ditto. I I think about I think about the sin that so easily entangles. Mm-hmm. And I think addiction for me too was the thorn in Paul, my Yeah, it was, it was the thorn. Mm-hmm. And God's like, Hey, I'm I'm actually not gonna take this away from you because you it keeps you dependent on mm-hmm. me. And so that's that's to me. Uh, over my the my lifespan, that has been addiction. My whole entire life has been devoted to addiction, either pursuing mm-hmm. the drugs or or actively fighting against the drugs. And so for me, you know, it it is a part of my identity, but I don't I don't see it as a negative thing. Right. Like there's there's a part of me that's proud to be a person in recovery, even though I did some really terrible things. Mm-hmm. So I don't. It doesn't bother me to introduce myself that way because. I, I do believe that I am new. I believe mm. all the things that you just mentioned, mm. but I also believe that if I do mind-altering mm. substances, I'm going to set off 
an allergy, right? Mm -hmm. The obsession's going to return, and I'll end up back where I came from. So, like I said, I think that we all the time, like we 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 mean the same things, but yeah, we use actually, different language. I, we're full agreement. Yeah, yeah, and we are, but. In the church, I yeah. see this divide, right? Yeah. Like it's like, oh, you can't do AA or the AA people won't take people in the church. So it's just, it, it turns mm -hmm. into this thing that just sows discord mm -hmm. when I think we're all trying to promote the same message. And uh, Danny said something the other day that uh, really resonated with me. He's like, I am. He said, I, I am an addict. And he said, I feel like that my addiction is inside of me doing push-ups, just mm -hmm. waiting. Yeah. And that was not that about how you Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I think that, you know, I, I get the whole language that, you know, I'm a new person, I'm a new, you know, in Christ, I'm a new creation, as Clasma uh, uh, says. But um, also for me, and this is just me personally, when I think that I have beat it mm -hmm. and that I've been completely restored, there's a part of me that says, okay, I can let up on, yeah. on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I can let up on my spiritual plan of action mm -hmm. because I'm done. I'm yeah. healed. I, I never have to be another addict. I'm I'm not an addict. I'm healed. I'm God has removed it. And and to me, there's a part inside of me. This is just for me that says, okay, you're healed. You don't have to do any work anymore. You can stop working on yourself, and you don't have to do anything to ensure yeah. Yeah. that you don't relapse today. And for me, that's a dangerous place to be. So I am an addict. I am an alcoholic. I will be till the day I die. And doggone it, I'm proud of it yeah, because amen. I can use that yeah. to help other people. Amen. And, yeah. that, and and look, true facts. And like, since you said that, it, it's really put me in perspective with some things. It's like, it's like the sleeping bear. Don't poke the sleeping bear, you yeah. know, because I know I'm literally one bad decision away from full relapse. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing that God told me one time. He said that your addiction is the most patient thing in your life aside Absolutely. from my grace. Can you say that one more time? That your addiction is the most patient thing in your life aside from my grace. And I'm going to steal a line from Palmer mm -hmm. and say, put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I, like I mean, I, I, and I have to remember that, you know, cause I, I have the same, I mean, like I said, it's been eight and a half years now and I still, you know, went on vacation to Florida a couple of years ago and I was like, how do you go to the beach and not drink? Right. You know, and I'm, I'm very well aware of my history. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I had these thoughts and, and I literally had to talk myself down from that place. And it's, it's, it's just, it's wild to me that I could go through everything I went through and still have those thoughts of, you know what? You graduated from college mm -hmm. and like you, you're doing all these things or all these, you're sober. Like you should be good to go now. But that to me, that's my addict mind, mm -hmm. right? That is still in there. It's that enemy whisper. And, in your yeah, ear. yeah. And, and if, and if I let it take, front and center, it will, right? Mm -hmm. And so sure. for me, it's just, it's a way to remind myself that I can't rest on yesterday's spiritual accomplishments. No. I have to continue doing those things every single day. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm talking about this episode's going good. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Now we're in full relapse, right? Yes. With, uh, with your soulmate. Right. Absolutely. My <laughs> second soulmate. Your yeah. second soulmate. For sure. Okay. All yeah. right. So, uh, you know, it just, it is everything. It was basically the first chunk of, I don't know, was it six, seven, eight years slammed into about 18 months. Um, yeah, lost, lost the job, lost the little house that I had, um, my car, you know, you know, a meth car, you know what I'm saying? Like you just, they identify themselves, like stuff just randomly starts falling off oh, the yeah. minute that you start using meth. So I'm just kind of, I went right back to the same pattern. I mean, I'm just going, I kind of stayed in the Jackson area, but it was, Every hotel on Highway 80, you know, like yeah. random people's couch. I mean, that was, I went right back, but I'll tell you the truth. Once you have been exposed to the light, mm -hmm. the darkness is never the same. Right. So it was fun 
for the first four days. Yeah. First four days were fun. And then the, as soon as I went to sleep and woke up the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? But I had poked the bear, right? right? I was, I was, the, the obsession was on me. I was, I was, all I could think about was the very next moment in front of me. And, and I, and all I knew is, okay, just go get high and we'll figure it out. But then the, just go get high and figure it out turned into 18 months, you know? Yeah. So, and, and then it the was, shadow people came. That darkness does look a lot different. It does. It does. It, it's, it does not satisfy. And mm. you have to do There's all, no fulfillment in it uh, at all. Yeah. You know, there's not no amount of drug, alcohol, sex, any of that yeah. that can f- give you the fulfillment that Jesus yeah. has already given you. Absolutely. And um, and even though even though that we turn our back like that on him and run away from like you you were looking for, you know, all, throughout your uh, throughout your life you were looking for validation and yeah. love, and you had already received that from Jesus and knew this yeah. through a, a, a adult and teen challenge, and and it's like even though in those eighteen months you. You knew the minute you could turn around, he'd be right there waiting on you. Right. And yeah. So, and it, it reminds me of a quote that I heard one time, and it, it said that all people are really looking for is permission to love themselves. Wow, I've never yeah. heard that one. Yeah. I can't tell you who said it because I don't remember. I just remember the quote. Stacy Leggett said it. Yeah. So, but it, I mean, I, I believe that that's, that's really true. And Jesus had given me that permission, but there was, I just, for some reason, I couldn't, Grasp I couldn't it. grab it again, mm-hmm. and it was that it was that the difference in head knowledge and heart knowledge. Like I knew that it was true. I knew that my salvation was a gift. I knew I didn't have to earn the love of God, but my heart, I didn't. It wasn't getting there. Yeah. You know, I wasn't. So, I, my, and my action reflected that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, and and this is like there were trap houses before, but in the relapse, like there were trap houses and i do mean no running water no electricity like i've been there yeah and 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 it's insane that i went from madly in love with jesus to like like i i I could literally convince myself that this was okay like there's giant giant drug dealers and glocks and wads of crack and you know all the things and i'm in the corner putting on mascara you know like this is this is is fine everything is is fine yeah great yeah and so, and it, and it was kind living of living your best life. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The abscesses, teeth were falling out. Mm-hmm. You know, hair was falling out. It was, and my diabetes was. You know, I'm also, out of control. I'm yeah, one hundred percent. And so, um, again, for me, it was that that spiritual, emotional, mental, just rock bottom. I mean, yeah, I lost some things, but I, I can I can lose things. You know, yeah. it was it was the inside stuff that I couldn't I could not handle anymore. And so I remember um I had my little trap car, right? My little yeah. trap car. And uh I coasted into my dad's driveway with like blue smoke going everywhere. And I walked in and my dad just looked at me, he's like, Will you please go to treatment? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was it was it was because he didn't have to promise me, I'll help you get an apartment. I'll help you get just, I, I was like, just get me. I needed someone to literally pluck me up out of the momentum. Because yeah. I didn't, I, and I can't tell you how many times. Like, I have this memory of trying to get to the point, right? I was trying to get to CR. I have my CR book, my Lisa Frank pens, my highlighters, my church clothes. On. I was going to CR. And so I'm, I'm coming out of off Napoleon. I'm at the red light. If I go left, I hit 20. I'm getting to South Jackson. If I go right, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm headed to Brandon to the church. And I go left. And I was like, oh, oh my God. this was not the, this wasn't the plan, you know? And it, it was literally like I was being driven by just this compulsion on the inside of me. And when I said I'm done, I meant it, but I physically couldn't adhere to that. Yeah. It's like, how do you explain to somebody that I, I didn't want to, but I did, but I didn't want to, but I did. I think Paul 
uh, I think it's in, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's in Galatians, right? It's uh, like I yeah. do what I want to do, and I want I don't want to do that, but yeah. I do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just, you and know. I and I couldn't understand yeah. it, and so I ended up getting high that night, and then I ended up at the in the parking lot in downtown Brandon somewhere, just bawling my eyes out. Yeah, and it was I remember saying to God, I said, I said, what are you going to do with me? Because I honestly didn't know if I would ever make my way back to Him, and that was the scariest moment of my life to date. It wasn't watching my boyfriend kill himself. Mm -hmm. It was, I was passionately in a relationship with Jesus. And now I can't, no matter how hard I try, get back to him. And I was scared to death. I was like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so that was the night that I understood step one, right? Which is? I had to admit that that I am powerless. Mm -hmm. My life's unmanageable, man. You know, I can't do anything. And so that experience was was me understanding step one. And I didn't have any knowledge of of the 12 steps, really. Um, I had dabbled in CR, but hadn't actually worked the CR steps. And so the treatment center I ended up at was um, Region 8 down in Hazelhurst. Mm -hmm. First secular also first 12-step treatment center that I went to. Mm-hmm. And and so what I like to say is, like, I needed Jesus to hold hands with the 12 steps. Yeah. I needed both. Mm-hmm. I need both. I mean, that's just, that's just me. Mm-hmm. And so I got to take my spirituality, nurture that, kind of start over with Jesus, because I knew who my higher power was. I wasn't confused about that. Um, and, and then kind of couple that with the knowledge they were giving me, like I said, mental health, the the 12 steps. What is what is addiction? What does it look like? What are trigger, triggers? What are cravings? Like all the things. And so those two things worked really, really well for me. And so I did my 30 day. Now, look, I kicked and screamed going in because mm. I did Teen Challenge mm. and I was in treatment for a year and I don't need to go back. And so I was there for two days and I was like, um, I think I'll go to secondary because I don't need to stay in Jackson. Right. So ended up doing 60 more days in Columbus. So 90 days total treatment. And when I got to Columbus, again, I had no money, no job, no car, no house, no nothing. And, and ended up God provided every single thing that I needed. That's how I ended up, like I was in Columbus, like I said, for about eight years um, Mm. before coming back to the Jackson area and started working at a treatment center in Columbus, um, which is just, I mean, it's just such a God thing. The day I walked in, I realized that the the crackhead was now giving out meds and I was like, okay, what's different? (laughs) Like, how is this, you know, I don't understand. And so that's when I got introduced to the whole concept of people in recovery working at treatment centers and like how powerful that that can be Mm -hmm. um and so when i hit the mark you know six months clean i send in the resume two or three months later they called me back in you know and they're like hey come on so i'm I'm working at the treatment center now that i went through to get sober um and i and i mean you know fire shut up in my bones that's Mm -hmm. that's what it felt like man i don't want to talk about the weather all right, I want to talk about, like, what broke your heart? Yeah. What shattered your world? Yeah. Like, I mean, I want to go straight in for it. Yeah. Um, and so I loved what I was doing. Ended up getting my peer support specialist certification. So I kind of went from, like, house manager-ish type role to running some groups, meeting with people individually. Um, and then I decided I was going to go back to college. So this was probably 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, like, a year and a half clean at this point, And I go back to college. And, and I got my associates. It took me 13 years to get an associates. 
That was, yeah. I mean, I really am an overachiever. So, yeah, I have, I have two degrees now, you know, oh, okay. one in, one in, you know, the dope game. And, yeah. So, yeah. So I got my associates and I, and I loved that. And I kind of had this hard decision to make because I, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. And I knew that to really pursue the degree that I wanted, I wasn't going to be able to work full time. But I, that was, that was my whole, I mean, I essentially raised up in that treatment center from the 31st day of my sobriety to that current moment. And I really, didn't want to say goodbye to that but I, I took a step of faith and I, and I did so then I'm going to state I get my bachelor's in psychology and I'm like okay I want more so mm-hmm. then I, I signed up for grad school and uh it almost ruined my life but we made it we're here you know I tell people all the time if I didn't smoke crack in grad school I think I'm gonna be okay because <laughs> um, it was it was it was horrible um and the reason why it's horrible and, I, and, I, and it's important for me to say what I'm about to say to you know, I said earlier that the opposite of addiction is connection. Yes. You know, and 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 I, I 100% believe that. And so in Columbus, like my experience in Columbus, being able to stay sober, I was up in everything. Yeah. You know, I was in AA, I was in CA, I was in CR, I was at, we had a ministry called Bodybuilders. You know, I was, I mean, I'm going to bring the baked beans yeah. kind of part. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be all up in everything. I was, you know, in leadership. I was speaking and doing all the things, and that was everything to me. And so within like a 24-hour period, I went from completely involved to now I'm in grad school and an immediate separation, you know. And so, and it was, it really had to be my, it was my everything was school. And it, it, it was, it was so difficult. And then I kind of became like an island. Yeah. So and so I was trying to love Jesus and do my homework and write my papers and all the things. And it was, it was really, really, really tough for me because yeah. I had no fellowship yeah. and, uh, the enemy started to whisper lies. And so, uh, you know, just, Several different events kind of happened, and I ended up. And this is hard for me to talk about too, because it's that shame part of me yeah. wants to, to to yell at me because you know I'm supposed to be again, I'm supposed to be this strong, powerful, la di da di da. And I had I had gotten into a place um, where I started to question God mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. and the more I questioned. Like, it's like a drop-down window on a computer. Like, mm-hmm. here's this question, and then that led to these questions, and that led to this question. And so I went from all up in the mix, love Jesus, to is God even real? Mm-hmm. I think we all get to that point. Yeah. I think we do. And, it, and it, it, It's happened to me. It was, and, it, and it, was, it was so scary. I mean, it scared me to death. Mm-hmm. And God let me sit in that. I mean, yeah. I sat in that place for, I don't know, a year, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave me a dream. Mm-hmm. And and the dream woke me up and and kind of set things in motion to get me back into the place that I wanted to be in, but I still really wasn't there when I got here. Mm-hmm. So I got here, came back to Jackson, did an internship here, um, and decided to stick around. My whole family's here, right? My whole mm-hmm. life was here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I got here, but I was still in school, and so I would go a little bit here, go a little bit there, but I wouldn't fully commit to these places because I didn't want to be the new kid on the block. Right. I didn't like not knowing anybody mm-hmm. and feeling awkward and all the things. Um, and so I kind of, I've just been running from God, you know, from, yeah. for, you know. Rebellion. Yeah. yeah. Re- re- well, and it, and it didn't feel like that though, you know, but I know that I know that I know that God has called me to speak and called me to teach and called me to counsel and all of these things. And, and you are truly walking in that. I am now. <laughs> and, and it, but it's just, it's, it's so similar to, um, the darkness not being the same. And mm-hmm. you, you, 
I can feel the difference when I am in the perfect will of God versus kind of out here just mm-hmm. trying to survive on the fringes. Like if you hang out on the edge, you'll fall off, yeah. you know? So now though, and I, you know, and I, I call people up and I was like, Hey, hold me accountable. Meet me there. You know, like whatever I had to do to, to really be able to fully invest and, and really give God the top priority, you know, yeah, like I was like, one of those calls. Yeah, you were. Yeah, thank you for that. Because yeah. like it was months ago, months ago when I was in pre-planning for the podcast, one of the first persons that came to mind to be on the show were, was you. Mm-hmm. And I sent you a message with the logo and asked if you would be interested, and you never responded. I know. I was like, well, <laughs> fine then. Okay, well, I ain't good enough for Stacey Leggett, and, you know, this podcast might fail. No, I'm kidding about that. Uh-huh. But um, several months or a few months go by, and she finally sent me a message. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Oh, I, you know, she, you know, you explained." Yeah, I had, I, I had seen the message and meant to respond yeah. and didn't, and then it completely left my awareness for yeah. six months. And it, it was about a year ago uh, when I did see you uh, give your testimony at the Grace Church in Pearl, and I remember, you know, watching you talk about the train wreck and dumpster fire of your life. And yeah. think- <laughs> dumpster fires are great. Yeah, yeah and good. thinking, you know, if God ever does give me that podcast or he makes mm-hmm. a way for that. She's going to be perfect yeah. for it. So welcome to the Black Sheep Army. Yeah. You are definitely a Black Sheep Warrior Princess. Yeah. And uh, so, all right, so we're back from Columbus. This was how long ago? Um, I've been here for about a year now. You're back. You've been back about a year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what's happened since then? Well, I finally graduated with my master's. Right. We talked so, about yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you, you have a master's in? I have a master's in clinical mental health counseling. And the dope game, but we don't use and, that one. Yeah, well, that oh, one's yeah. just, yeah, we put that in okay. a filing cabinet. Oh, no, she does use that every day. I, I do. Actually, actually, <laughs> yeah, you merged those masters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and God is using that degree to yeah. fight against the enemy. Well, and, you know, it's it's it's... So funny because I work at a treatment center, and so I, I see people just like myself every single day, all day. And it's it's crazy how much of what they taught us in school is completely irrelevant yeah. to everything I do. Like, it, none of this was yeah. taught to me in school. Mm. And so it has really been my lived experience. Yeah, and the wis- you, yeah. yeah, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, and that was another thing that I, that I came to realize, too, was like, how dare I go into the battlefield, the trenches, and not be spiritually fit. Right. Because of myself, like I can I can hit on some things. I can give you some information, right? Mm-hmm. But if I have the Holy Spirit giving me the insight, giving me the wisdom, giving me the ability to speak into the lives of these people, mm-hmm. how much more will they be healed, right? Mm-hmm. Not about me, but about what God knows that they need to hear. And so it's really been that degree, you know, mm-hmm. That has helped me the most, that degree in all of the darkness and all of the things that we don't want to go back to. This is reminding me of a scripture. Okay. And I don't, I, I'm really, I'm really not that great because of all my drug use, yeah. I, my memory, I cannot retain, like I can, I cannot regurgitate information. Yeah. I can hear it in my head, but I can't. Well, while you know, you're looking at that, yeah. one, one of the things, like the reason why I wanted to mention all that is because I, I really want to say that to the people who are doing well. Because it's kind of like you know what what had already been discussed. You know when when I think that I'm I'm good, that's when the enemy has the most opportunity to come back into my life, right? Mm-hmm. He's just looking for an open door, right? He's right. just looking for a foothold, and so it's important for me to tell people in the church, whether that's in sobriety or you know drugs wasn't your thing, and like for whatever reason you know you're you're in the church and you're doing well, 
is, is to be diligent and be intentional. God dropped that that word in my heart, I guess about a week ago, is that intentional. Mm-hmm. I have to be intentional about my spiritual growth. I have to be intentional about the places that I put myself, you know, the the environments that I choose to be in and, and the time that I give God. Like, I'm not just going to wake up one day and just be, you know, this, this powerhouse, mm-hmm. you know, this spiritual powerhouse. I have to do the work to get there, yeah. right? And so I guess it's just a... You're, you're never too far gone for God to bring you back, right. but you're never too far ahead to not fall back to a place that you don't want to be. So it's not a warning necessarily, but you know, if it can happen to me, I mean, it can happen to anybody. Amen. Right on. Yeah. What is going on in your life right now? Like praise reports and, yeah. you know, let's, let's talk about, okay, so Stacy speaks three languages, I think, and I just learned one yesterday. She speaks English. She speaks sarcasm well, and yeah. fluent adulting. Yeah. Sarcasm would, would definitely be, you know, yep. my, yeah. You and me so both. I guess the, the main accomplishments that I've, that I've had recently is I've, I got my license as a therapist. Mm-hmm. So it's provisional. So I still kind of have to get a whole lot of hours and a whole lot of supervision to get mm-hmm. the full license. But this is definitely one of the last steps in the process. So mm-hmm. we're, we're really grateful for that. Um, and working at a treatment center, I absolutely love my job. And I bought a house. You did what? I bought a house. Is it a trap house? A crack it's not. House, it's or? not. There, we, there's running water there. What? Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, there's running water there. But so, and, and we still have to get the inspection done. So uh-huh. still kind of seeing, you know, the the final pieces of putting that into place. But I, th- I think it's going to be good. And it has been an absolute step of faith. Um, it's Man. there's are there a couple of little things about the house there there is and and I also decided to put come up with my own down payment yeah just because I didn't want to get locked into you know interest rates and loans yeah. and all the things and so that's a that's a that's a lot of money yeah. right and I'm not just like rolling in it you right. know you knew me both yeah so I had this moment I'll, I'll tell you this it was yesterday and I got paid and so like essentially. You have to show that you have X amount of dollars in your bank account mm-hmm. for the lending company to agree to give you the loan, right? Like, right. You, so here she goes speaking that adult yeah, thing, language. Yeah, yeah. Not, I just I just learned this, right? Okay. I just learned all this, I and my, my head spun around three times before it finally made sense. Right. But um, so we're trying to keep as much money in the bank account as possible, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. then I get paid, and I'm like, "Are you going to pay your tithes?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, Lord." I mean, come on. You know, I was like, can I just like do like an IOU? Like, can we just kind of retroactively pay that? Mm. And and so it took me from about seven o'clock that morning till about one o'clock yesterday afternoon to finally get up the courage to hit the give button. But but I did it. No step and, out of faith. Yeah. And mm. so and so in just the, you know, a little over twenty four hours, there's been like I, I now have a refrigerator, because I now have a refrigerator. <gasps> yeah. I now have a refrigerator, you know, and, and so I and I didn't I didn't want to do it just because I want to see what God's gonna yeah. give me. Right. I wanted to do it because how can I pray for all these things and then not tangibly show God that I trust him yeah. to provide the things that I need for me. That's so so but yeah. I do believe that he's gonna honor that. And so I'm I'm yeah. I'm anxious to see what the future's gonna look like. Me too. Yeah. I mean I am too. And look, uh yeah, definitely pray. Stacy's dirt and her foundation yeah. under this house. That's one of the, one of the things. The main things was that there there had been some foundation issues in the past, um, and they had just recently came in and fixed it all. And I was like, you know what? Uh, if God can lay the foundations of the of the earth, He can surely hold my dirt up. So mm-hmm. my whole Amen. small group right now is praying for my dirt. I'm like, and I am too. Yeah, just, and and the black sheep yeah. listeners. So, I'm sure. Yeah, if you're listening out there, pray for my dirt. Amen. Yeah. So to wrap this up. Yeah. 
any last thoughts and or advice or you mean you're there i mean anything uh, on your heart you want i guess leave you us know, with? just speaking to people who are trying to stay sober whether mm-hmm. that's you know 9 years 9 days whatever is a the connection b you have to you have to face your trauma mm-hmm. you have to face your trauma um and then c you know i again it's it's all about that that pride and that shame that says you can't admit when you're struggling but you know when I admit that I'm weak, that I'm strong in Christ, mm-hmm. right? And so it's just a call to be to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Okay, I heard I, I watched this TED talk and it said there's there's three principles to any and every situation. One is be rigorously authentic. Two is surrender the outcome. Mm-hmm. And three is do the uncomfortable work. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you can apply those three principles to any situation in life. But it's, just, it's just a call to be honest. Yeah. It's just a call to be real about what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what's going on in your life. Because if we do it in the darkness, you mm-hmm. know, what do they say? We're only as sick as our secrets. That's you right. can't heal a wound by saying that it's not there. Mm-hmm. The longer that I keep something, shame grows in the darkness, mm-hmm. right? So it's just a call to be real about mm-hmm. what's going on in your life. And Man, in your look heart. at what God can do. Yeah. It's amazing. You have been a treat and we we want to thank you so much yeah. for being here so i i got you're going to be the first guest to get one of these so any other guests i'm sorry uh you know i apologize but stay, <laughs> you stay, aren't as important y- y'all are just as important yeah. but um i got stacy a little swag bag swag bag if you want to just take a look in there it's funny that you think i need more swag yeah well yeah so i was at cups today and there's a couple things in there but got you a coffee cup let's see what it says okay I feel like it's going to talk about violence. It probably <laughs> will. Okay. Listen, she is beauty. She is grace. She will punch you in the face. Amen. <laughs> How about that? That is that is absolutely So perfect. I was coming through the Cups drive-thru, and this was literally right there staring at me. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get that problem. That's her. Mm-hmm. I did actually... Never mind. We won't go there. Okay. We're going to stay in the light. We're also, the light. there's a couple of things Is there? Is there? Is there? Yeah. Okay. There's a Kelly Kay's book. He was a guest a couple episodes ago. About that for a minute. Yep. Volume no, no. one. Think about that for a minute. Think about, okay, yeah, I, it's see a 40, it. I, I see mm-hmm. it. I see it. 40-day devotion. Wonderful. And he signed it. Hey. And also, there is... Boop, boop. That is a Black Sheep Recovery Warfare podcast to go on your little trap car you got out there. Hey, uh-uh. We graduated. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking about that. Just put on your car out there. Whatever. I will. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, as mentioned before earlier in this episode, and I have injured my foot. Yeah. So I am out of commission work-wise. So I think God is, but he did save it from getting turned into jelly. So I think I'm, I'm going to have a lot of time to work on this podcast. But uh, if you feel moved to sow into the black sheep recovery. I put two links in the description uh, for Venmo and Cash App because I'm obviously not going to be able to work for a hot minute, and I'm going to be putting a lot of time into the podcast and and future episodes. So if you feel moved, uh, any donation would be appreciated. I hate that. I can't stand doing that, but I mean, God will make a way no matter what. So I um, thought about doing a GoFundMe page, but then I told myself that we don't have to live like that anymore. No, we don't. So I didn't do it. You know, God, you know, God's going to provide a way if he wants me, you know, I'm doing God's work, you know, hands and feet, you and me both. I mean, just what, you know, whatever anybody can do would be awesome. I really would appreciate it. Danny, any final thoughts? No, this has been absolutely incredible. Like you're, you're a boss and it's, uh, it's awesome to have, I, I just love what, what i do and yeah. i get to see awesome people yeah. come in here and 
I'm I'm super blessed. So thanks Thank for coming. And yeah, she absolutely. is truly a black sheep warrior princess. Yeah, and absolutely. God and look, looking at the picture from her accident and looking at her now, God turned I mean just turned that into a complete masterpiece. You were so beautiful. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you both. You're welcome. <laughs>